the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music and I'm here with my co-host Brendan. Today we have Gary from uh, a number of projects um, who is here to talk to us about black metal and chiptune. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's a blast to be here. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of music that I've made. So uh, there's, there's a lot of pro projects to, to cover, I suppose. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of them. Um, do you want to maybe just tell everyone who isn't familiar with your work, uh, some, some of the uh, projects you're involved in and what you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd be glad to. Uh, so I'm, I'm Gary Brantz. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, multi-instrumentalist, uh, kind of audio engineer background. Um, so, uh, some of the, or all, I guess I'll name kind of all of my current active projects. Uh, Carinaire uh, has kind of been the main one for, for a long time now um, since... Uh, technically, we started in the end of like 2008. Um, it's me and Chris Francis, uh, a two two person project, um, and then I have Gone Mage, uh, a solo project, uh, Homeskin, a another solo project, and both of those are kind of um, they're they're rooted in black metal, but in completely almost completely different ways. Um, and then I had I I did have a solo death metal project called Salamoth, but I did uh, end that project um, in the beginning of last year in 2022. Um, so those are yeah kind of my current things. I do have another another project I just started called Memorage, and that one's sort of a throwback uh, new metal style project um, with a little bit of a modern edge to it. Um, but yeah, wow, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> How do you find the time? <laughs> oh man, um, well, I I would say it kind of it kind of uh, lately started with working from home um, mm -hmm. um, in the beginning of 2020, um, and uh, I'll say that sometimes there have been days there that are really slow, and my my work computer and my workstation is in the same room as my uh, studio gear. So nice. if, if, you know, I, I kind of find that days are, are moving along like really, really slowly, I just kind of, you know, kind of put on my music hat or my producer hat and get to my uh, uh, music computer station and then just start writing. Um, that's kind of how it goes. Like, uh, it's almost like, a, like I'm working on an art project, just getting into it. That's awesome. I, I can definitely relate because I work from home as well. And I have okay. my, yeah. um, <laughs> my, my work set up next to my personal set up so whenever i have some spare time throughout the day like once i finish working or whatever i just jump on and do my my own stuff for this website and yeah it's yeah. great i love yeah. it yeah it's kind yeah. of a hybrid hybrid uh time you know part of your time during the day just you know whatever's if something is going slow you know just do something else i feel like it actually helps your productivity though because it gives you like a yeah. break from what you're doing and then you come back refreshed i agree yeah, actually, that's a great point. Um, I, that that is how I feel. Um, because like before working in the office, I just sometimes, I mean, you know, not every everyone has their own experiences, but you can kind of feel drained just being there for you know eight hours or so. Um, right. And you're just you're just there, you know. But yeah, right. especially if it's slow as well, because it's like yeah, you, you're kind of just there for the sake of being there, and it's like true. I, 
That's true. And I, I feel like that's like a cultural shift that's happening since COVID. It's, it's productivity. Like, I guess how people view productivity has changed. It's not like, oh, you have to be there nine Ooh. hours. It's more along the lines of, <laughs> well, I got my work done today. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's that's exact, exactly how I've seen it, uh, you know, these past few years. Yeah, and I feel like they've actually had, a, like, they've shown that there's actually been an increase in productivity because people are working on this stuff, getting it done, then doing things that actually improve their life, coming back and doing it. Yeah. You, know you can't, like, eight hours is a long time. It is. You know, when you think yeah. about yeah. it. You need a breakup. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it's like getting um, up this and, is a whole other, po- this a whole other podcast <laughs> like, topic. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of your projects. I guess the first was Car and I. Yeah. Do you want to start with that one? Yes. Yeah. Um, so so we started that. Um, let's see. I guess it was like uh, December, November, or December of 2008. Um, uh, during that time, I was actually or I guess prior, shortly prior to that, I had a solo project called Pair Abstruse. And that was like, um, it, in the very, very beginning, it was sort of like a combination of like black metal and post-rock uh, in a very naive way at the time, because I wasn't that good at like production and stuff like that. And like, or, or even like songwriting, I just knew in my head, I was like, I want to combine these two. Uh, th- so this, this is like 2007-ish, um, so like that combination had already been kind of started with like all say, you know, in, in, in their like very beginning stages. Um, and I think that kind of inspired me. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like combining like the shoegaze and black metal. Um, but I wanted to combine like post-rock and black metal. So I had that project for a couple years, or I guess maybe about a year and a half. And then I kind of felt like it wasn't um, going where I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of losing um, uh, motivation to do like vocals and lyrics. So I talked to my friend Chris and I was like, hey, do you want to start up like a new project? Um, you know, and that's that's when we started uh, Carnair. And and I, I had already had one song like written and recorded, but it didn't have vocals. And I just sent him the song. He's like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, and he uh immediately you know start writing lyrics and we were just kind of working off of each other's energy uh for the mm-hmm. project and we've uh yeah been doing it uh, ever since then um uh, i think we have eight albums now and a, a numerous amount of splits and eps and uh stuff like that over the top over uh the the those years and um obviously we've changed styles quite a bit uh from the beginning and we we sort of uh, kind of started the project with that in mind, not necessarily knowing all the genres and styles that we would uh, shift through, but that we would keep that um, idea open-ended where like we were not going to confine ourselves to like just black metal or, or, or just, you know, one certain genre. And what, what was sort of the, the inspiration behind shifting to the chiptune direction? Yeah. Yeah. No, great question. Um, it, it all kind of started um, during like the, the summer, the summer of 2020, um, you know, you know, people are more at home. And, you know, like I said, I was uh, starting to work from home and I was just like absorbing a lot of um, or reabsorbing a lot of stuff that I loved in the 90s, like RPGs and like the art style, pixel art style, um, you know, on social media and, and, and art websites. So kind of the root of it is just like my love for 
the nostalgia uh, growing up in the 90s. Um, I was born in the late 80s, so I was, you know, basically a 90s kid. And so so was Chris. Um, so I kind of approached him with the idea of like, man, what if we completely like just went off the rails into a, a pretty <laughs> different direction but still sort of combining that with some, some of our old older sound. And he was, he was on board. He, you know, he thought it was a, a wild idea, um, but we, we went full force with it, um, obviously on our record called Phase Out. Um, so yeah, it, it, essentially a love for nostalgia fueled uh, that change. That's awesome. Nice. And uh, on that note, what is your favorite uh, 90s video game? Oh, okay. So I would have to say, and actually it's my favorite game of all time. Okay. Um, Star Ocean, the second story, uh, which was on uh, PlayStation, uh, first PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And that one, that one's really good. Um, it's a crazy RPG that had, or that has 80, di- I think it's 80 different endings. I've, I've only beaten it twice. So <laughs> there, I will probably never be able to like reach uh, the amount of endings it has, but it's an insanely replayable RPG um, for those listeners like who have never heard of it or, or maybe have heard of it and never tried it. Um, but yeah, it's great. Star Ocean, the second story. Awesome. Huh. I have to check it out. I never played that one. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's super fun. Yeah. And then have you I- been uh, okay. playing any uh, newer video games? um let's see i i have but it's kind of been a while um yeah i definitely did like kind of last summer um there was this new game on uh that i bought on steam and i had been following it uh or like the i guess like the art style or the the couple of artists who worked for the game um uh, about a year before it was released and it's called norco um, it was probably my favorite game that I played last year, and it's it's also done in a pixel art style. It's very like a kind of a, a noir, a sort of gothic feel, but in modern times, uh, set in Louisiana, and it's uh, like a point and click style game, very narrative driven, a lot of mystery. Hmm. Right on. And I, I just yeah. have to say that my my favorite Car and Air album of all time um, is Portals to a Better Dead World oh nice okay yeah yeah i love that one thank you yeah i i i think over the years that's definitely been um the maybe the most well-known one and probably a lot of people's favorite uh that's definitely i think it's my personal favorite too like just kind of is if i were looking from the outside in um yeah it's 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 a fun one for sure and then like my, my favorite song that you've done through that project is actually on that album as well which is red moon foreboding okay okay yeah that that's a oh man it kind of gives me like a flood of memories uh writing <laughs> that song yeah that's a that's a really cool song there's just that one uh it's like that that one verse towards the end yeah that it's like that's stuck in my head all the time i listen to that all the time oh yeah where the kind of the sort of slows down a little bit yeah and the part where it, and, and like the the lines like fold like a deck of cards uh subservient yeah. man uphold yes yeah yeah um man that that's funny that's probably one of my favorite moments uh in the entire discography Um, and there's you know there's a lot of stuff obviously a lot of music uh uh, in the discography and that's definitely one of my favorite moments um i remember when chris sent me because like the way we work is i write all the music 
uh, or, or about 95% of the music like written and recorded. I send mm -hmm. him the songs, then he sends me a draft of lyrics uh, uh, with like times with timestamps, like exactly where he intends to record uh, the vocals. So I'm kind of I read them as I'm listening to the song, but before the vocals are recorded. And when it got to that part, or when I was reading, it, I was like, Whoa, this is this is really cool. I, I like hope that it will turn out like as cool as I'm thinking in my head. And it, yeah, it definitely did. He uh, did an excellent job there. That's an interesting recording technique. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess the next project after that would be Gone Mage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess uh, te technically I did do uh, Salamoth um, in oh, okay. uh, 2016, but I, I did end that in uh, early 2022 so that I could focus on Gone Mage. We can talk Salamoth first. Um, tell us a little bit about Salamoth. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of started that project on a whim um, based on, um, uh, what do you call it? A guitar pedal that I got. That's uh, essentially one of those HM2 style clones. Um, and that was in uh, the summer of uh, 2016. And I got it really just to like jam on it. I didn't intend to make a, a project out of it, but I just like recorded a demo and I was like, well, this is pretty cool. Um, and I had kind of always wanted to do like something death metal in, in that vein, using that kind of tone. Um, and so I just started uh, the Salamoth project. And over time, like uh, basically after the first EP, like everything after that followed like a, a lore that I created um, heavily influenced by the, uh, the card game Magic the Gathering um essentially like my own fan fiction of magic uh so like I, all the song titles and like the lore is very inspired by magic just kind of in in its own uh i guess you could say alternate universe that's sweet that's cool and you had some uh interesting guests on that that last album you did right yes yeah um or on the last uh uh salamoth oh, album yeah the stasis cocoon one yeah yeah um my friend um, uh, John Rosenthal, he was able to uh, throw down some uh, guests. Uh, I, I in the credits, almost every I think everything he's he's uh, been a part of as a guest, he does like shrieking vocals. Mm -hmm. um, so he's he's been in some Kara stuff a, a little bit over the years. So he does like all the like backing shriek type vocals on uh, Stasis Cocoon. Um, he's from uh, one of my. Oh, sorry, did me cut you off there? Uh, oh no, he... no, you're good. He's from Stellar Descent, right? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He he's uh he, man. He's also a very uh, busy, busy like multi instrumentalist, busy musician uh, kind of guy too. Yeah, I, I only know that project of his. So I'm gonna have to look up the other ones. That, uh, from what I can see, he's in quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Uh, I I won't divulge, but he. He does have some secret projects. Um, okay. He 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 sends me <laughs> advanced material, at like uh, I guess like you know like download links of them. And but I I won't divulge that of what the projects he's in. But I will okay. say that he has more projects than are listed on say like that you can see on like metal archives. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. So so he he is a very busy guy. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So. You said so. You ended um, Salamoth basically to pursue more of a focus on uh, Gone Mage and Homeskin, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's correct. 
what was sort of the motivation behind ending Salamoth and shifting onto those projects? Is that, is that sort of what you've been enjoying working on more lately? I think so. Yeah. Um, and especially um, during that time frame, I was kind of, uh, I don't know if burnt out was the right word. Maybe it is. Uh, I felt like I just, I couldn't, um, I, I didn't want to force myself to continue writing death metal um if if it was going to force me to you know to to put out something so i was like you know i think that i hit a really good uh high point for for the salamoth project um musically and lyrically thematically um so it, it does kind of end on a cliffhanger story wise uh but it but i kind of left it open to interpretation okay uh brendan i know that you have a lot of very strong feelings about uh gone mage so oh, man did you have some questions you wanted to ask um well i i guess like what what man the, the <laughs> your character <laughs> um yeah. how did you come up with your character like where did that start off okay oh man that's a really good question so um essentially the character kind of um it's like a completely alternate persona slash timeline character of my fictional character in the the, the Carnair phase out um, lore, um, and and I guess I'll, I'll kind of extrapolate on that that yeah. album like that like that character and that is more like um, uh, I guess I would say like a you know a video game magical version of me like realistically. Um, yes. But then in Gone Gone Mage, it's like kicking that up a notch, several notches, where it's like a completely um, almost like ephemeral version of me that like will never exist. You know, like it's um, like completely stuck in this video game realm, and that's uh, I, I essentially just wanted to make the character totally like i guess inhuman or like you know completely yeah. stuck inside trapped in a video game so yeah gotcha. yeah that's kind of the root of it yeah and then um like so where did you have i guess the uh the paintbrush right that they like, yeah that, yep like is using like that where, where did that uh come from that idea yeah um yeah. man i think that also kind of is influenced by magic the gathering um okay it's like some some unwieldy uh like super powerful tool or equipment um that's like uh you know has these mysterious magical properties um i i guess really any kind of fantasy type um setting or or game or movie or book has you know something like that you know or i guess you know in pop the most popular things like uh like marvel like the infinity gauntlet or you know something like that yeah. just this like tool or device that's uh super powerful but i think i think really yeah it was inspired by like magic um um just like stuff that has uh um like swords and equipment in that game that are like uh legendary or like yield like really crazy powerful abilities right right yeah. so yeah with your paintbrush you're like you're just like able to do all that like it's, it's yeah. pretty sweet that, like, yeah it's yeah. a really cool concept I, I really like that a lot thanks yeah and and i guess um like why the paintbrush um 
I'm I'm not sure. I think because I didn't want to do a sword because that's been done like so much, and I didn't want to I didn't want to do like a an obvious weapon like an axe or sword or a staff. So I was like, wonder would be cool. Like I think a paintbrush would be cool because it's also you know something that can create like you know in in the real world sense. So like in the magical sense, it'll create like you know beings and and dreams and stuff like that. Right, and then like. Yeah, this guy's like just chasing them, trying to keep them alive, and like it's, yeah. it's really cool, man. <laughs> it's just sweet. It's, it's Thank definitely you. Thank you. yeah. I'm definitely excited to hear more of that story. Keep it going, you know. Yeah, it, and it will it, it will go into some wild uh, wild uh, trajectories for sure in the next uh, next couple of years. I, I I would say I have some of it or a lot of it planned out already. Nice. That's awesome. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> And where do you, um, like, you have so many, like, you know, guest vocalists and um, whatnot. Yeah. Where are you finding um, all these people? Like, they're just, like, they're they're brilliant sounding. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, huge, huge um, uh, kudos to, like, all, all the guests I've been able to to work with and, uh, you know, find the time to collaborate with. Um, I would say a large portion of them, pretty much just from, like, social media over the uh, – uh, the past couple of years, um, like so, some of them are friends that, that I've known uh, okay. for, for several years. But then a lot of the time, it's just people that I come across, like new musicians that I'm like, oh, man, they have some really cool stuff going on. Let me ask them if they want to collaborate. And uh, a lot of the time they're like, yeah, I'd be down. Uh, or, you know, sometimes people are like, I don't know if I'd have the time. Um, but most of the time, people are pretty open to to collaboration. So yeah. yeah yeah it's just just a lot of peers um in, in the music uh scene uh, it's definitely sweet yeah when I, I was uh listening to them all last night and i was playing this uh well it's a, like a dungeon crawler kind of game and nice. um uh, vampire survivors it's pretty fun and you're oh, literally oh man i did try that uh, a couple months ago yeah yeah you just like literally outmaneuver all these things and then eventually yeah. get like stuff set like you know uh, automatically just keep going at it you know yeah. so but i was like this is like the perfect soundtrack for this game right now <laughs> it's like it's perfect you know it's like getting intense in moments and i'm just like yes let's go i'm like all concentrated but it's like it go it was it's perfect yeah man oh it's so much fun. that's awesome to hear yeah uh yeah. man i'm glad you brought that up because one of my friends uh did recommend me that game that i was trying to think of another game that i played um like semi recently and that that was one of them and uh he he was like man you're gonna love this game it has cool like kind of you know retro pixel art style and it's like a very, yeah. yeah dungeon crawler uh type of game and i was like okay i'll give it a shot and you know i it, i loved it um it's it's super fun yeah it's it plays so smooth like it's like a game that like we wanted to have like when we were younger you know but it was yeah. like why why wait why couldn't they do that but <laughs> now it's here it's awesome now it's here yeah I, I feel like it was one of the most popular games uh of um of last year yeah that yeah. was definitely good that and uh dead cells was a really good one too if you haven't played dead that, cells that is awesome yeah i haven't played it in a little bit um but i i i do have i have that i uh i have vampire survivors on steam but i have dead cells on switch and i just haven't played my switch as much lately but i yeah, yeah. that game is awesome 
yeah, it's so much fun. But I mean, you you made a perfect soundtrack for him, and then um, oh, thanks. <laughs> are you uh, are you gonna get into uh making like straight up like video game soundtracks um i would love to um that that's kind of been like part of a dream of mine to do um essentially yeah just making like a soundtrack or yeah multiple soundtracks for games um especially of yeah. that style any kind of dungeon crawler side scroller type uh game um yeah, I, I guess like even, i oh yeah yeah, yeah. um I guess, like, I don't really know how to get into that side of the industry. Um, with, with I, I guess it's kind of all about like contacts and stuff. So I don't really like know uh, people who who like do. That. I I know actually one guy who does um, music for for a game, but I don't know like who to get in touch to. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, we gotta figure that out for you because <laughs> yeah, it would, it would be a blast. Really good at it. Thanks. Yeah. I feel like you're well positioned to break into that market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like, listen, I just had the uh, sound effects playing on the games yeah. last night and listening oh, to yeah. your music, and I was just like, fucking <laughs> right, dude. This is great. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I try to kind of inject, like, yeah, so, sometimes it's not all necessarily, you know, to, like musical tones but also yeah like you said like sound effects of that era or of that uh, you know video game uh yeah. realm uh into it yeah yeah like master of disgust and i was like yeah. listening yeah. to that and i'm just like where is all this this is great it's like all the waluigi <laughs> shit coming out at me and i'm just like this is awesome yeah thanks yeah <laughs> that's kind of yeah i mean basically just like the little kid in me just like I want to put something pretty goofy that, you know, I liked as a kid. I mean, still like um, in, into the music. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it's so much fun. Definitely fun. Yeah, you have like, I don't know. I've like, I've heard it's like, you know, I haven't really heard much of anything, anyone else doing anything like this, really. You know what I mean? Like, it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, man, I would like, love to see more people approach or have that approach. Yeah, I mean, this there's is, definitely this is like fun. dungeon synth and stuff like that. But like, I feel like right. what you've done is like, I don't know, you like you shook it all up and like, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Are you man. familiar with uh, an artist called uh, Zexus? Um, like yes, XEXYZ. Yes. yes, um, I, I like from kind of the MySpace era. Yeah, yeah. He, so I ended up, I, I do PR on the side as well. Like I'll put albums out and stuff. And I did PR yeah. for his la his latest album. He actually put one out end of last year um, called Gamera. And it's a concept album about Gamera. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, same thing. But it's, his is a slightly different approach to yours though, because he took symphonic black metal and then replaced the yeah. sense in symphonic black metal with chiptune. Uh, and it's okay. all through it's all through an NES system. So all the sound effects are NES. Um that is awesome. Which is awesome. <laughs> and then uh he like threw in a bunch of like second wave black metal stuff. So it's got like the speed metal influences, but and then yeah, it's yeah. all Gamera, it's all Gamera themed. That's great. I you know, I've been meaning to kind of get in touch with him because uh I actually think he is the first um artist. Uh, to, to combine like the chip tune with with black metal like the in, you know the 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 sound of chip tune with the instrumentation of black metal like you know with actual guitars and drums and, and all that um and... so so i think he is like actually the creator of like black metal chip tune um yeah i think cool. he is because he he did he did uh 
we mentioned that in the press kit that he was the first person, uh, at least that any of us are aware that of. Is, that, yeah, that, that, that is it. publicly known. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that is cool. I got to check out Gamera because I, yeah, I didn't, I'll send I didn't you the link after did. this. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. It's a, it's a really fun album. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like so that's the gone mage side of things, and then you said the the opposite, the anti gone mage, like the, yeah. the dark shadowy version of it is homeskin, mm-hmm. which is like a yes, completely but... different direction. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. So what's uh, what's what? Like, tell us a little bit about homeskin. What, what inspired that side of uh, your musical repertoire? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess kind of uh throughout uh let's see so i started that um kind of spontaneously in november of 2021 uh with its like the the first uh ep um which i I recorded in like 13 hours um it was obviously one of those incredibly incredibly slow days at work and um (laughs) I, i i just picked up my guitar and i was just like playing some black metal riffs and i was like this just doesn't fit gone mage um like like i mean you know surprisingly like you know i i was gonna you know continue to write more gone mage um and during that time i was but it was very different from like what i was just kind of jamming on my guitar and i was like i don't think this is going to be gone mage it's going to be something totally different and i kind of leaned into that uh that feeling and i was like okay i think this is going to be like a totally new project where it's yeah essentially the antithesis of gone mage uh you know much darker um almost like droll even at times and in much more dissonant um of a foundation rather than melodic and boisterous um so that that was kind of just the birth of it it was it was a spontaneous deci- uh, decision that kind of led into formulating home skin um as i went on essentially like right after that first ep that's awesome. And then, like, I, I remember um, the first album that I heard from the project was Integument Crystallization, which I know you recorded, okay. you wrote, recorded, and produced the whole thing in, like, 11 hours. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that was a crazy time. Um, so that whole album uh, was kind of, like, kind of what led up to it was we had a, a pipe burst in in my house in the in my bathroom and i don't know i don't know for some reason it just like made me want to write music because i couldn't do anything about the pipe verse until until uh, people could come and and check it out so i just i just wrote that album and it's uh all inspired by that feeling (laughs) of just having like something crazy go wrong in your house interesting so it's a much more sort of relatable concept uh it's less like fantasy and more everyday life experiences than gone mage yeah yeah oh yeah yeah no that's a great um um description of the project essentially a much more like down to earth um not fantastical not you know magical um just sort of like a yeah just kind of daily ongoings of life um uh you know whether it's big or small interesting so (laughs) they kind of the two kind of balance each other out in that aspect yes yeah yeah definitely worry and like all that kind of like helplessness and then like mm-hmm. shit i gotta wait on <laughs> other people to do stuff like yep uh, yeah yeah just that feeling of like kind of uh uh dread. almost help dread yeah dread a little bit of helplessness um and you know not in like an extremely dramatic way just yeah like a, just a 
these are things that happen in a house <laughs> out of your control yep i feel yeah. i feel like that frustration that really came through in your vocals on that album they were like uh some of the rawest i heard you do uh on any of your projects yeah. thank you yeah um man whenever i go back to to that album and i i haven't gone back to to it that often but whenever i do i, I kind of am surprised like what i actually recorded um yeah, on there because uh and, you know that whole project is all yeah like i said done in very very short um uh, amount of time um so it's like almost once it's done i kind of don't remember what happened like it's they're just like these an anecdotes of my life uh um on each release i feel like that's kind of what gave it so much power behind it because it was really like uh i mean it sounds weird to say this, but it was very honest um because oh, it wasn't yeah yeah, it wasn't premeditated. It wasn't planned out. Like it just was like exactly how you were feeling at that point in time. Right. And that, yeah, no, that, and that's a great um, uh, kind of view of the project because that's how I've always uh, seen it. Um, it. It's sort of like a, uh, I guess like a musical diary, you know, it's just <laughs> like, well, this, this is what happened. I'm writing this about that and my, my thoughts and feelings about it. And then I turn the page. That's awesome. I like that. Mm. And then we have one final project to cover, which was your upcoming uh, new middle one. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what to expect from that one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that one is uh, called Memorage. Uh, essentially, the word hemorrhage, but in, but instead of the H, just an M. Um, sort of. I guess uh, people will kind of pick up on that. I love uh, uh, kind of fusing two words or or <laughs> two words together. You know, gone mage, home skin, um, and this one sort of. You know um and this was also kind of another spontaneous decision uh that i started in, um in november um 2022 with just one song and it, it almost is like kind of taking the place of home skin in a way uh, in a creative way to where like i picked up my guitar and i was just like recording stuff and i was like this does not fit any of my projects whatsoever <laughs> so i was kind of already in my head like you know what I, i'm gonna have to lean into this um idea as a new project um especially since i knew that i was already going to uh end home skin on um a kind of of uh what do you call it a, a predetermined set amount of releases uh -huh. um so so memorage is kind of just leaning fully into like late 90s early 2000s style new metal and, and even like hardcore of like the late 90s um of that time just sort of a, a a fusion of of that like aggro um vibe um with with a little bit of a like modern uh approach to it and so so far i just have one single uh called memory leak and i've um got a full debut full length in the works uh coming hopefully this summer um on big money cyber grind and i i don't have a, a exact date yet but yeah planning for a summertime release and that uh that single where can we listen to that one is that on Bandcamp or is it oh yeah yeah um so i've got that yeah uh m-e-m-o R-R-H-A-G-E dot bandcamp.com and that, that single should pop up, should be the only thing that's uh, visible there. That's called, you said Memory Leak, right? Yes, Memory cool. Leak. I just found it, I think, because I actually haven't heard this. I, I didn't uh, realize oh, I put okay. this out, so I'm going to definitely check yeah. this out after this uh, episode. 
Yeah, I just yeah, put a cool. Yeah. At you there. Okay. Yeah, it's like excited to hear it because I <laughs> I sometimes have like some throwback nostalgia to 90s new metal. I mean, personally, I, I say this on this podcast like almost every episode. I don't know why it just always comes up, <laughs> is that I I know it does. I love corn. Like I I oh, absolutely me too. love corn. Like yeah. especially the first like four or five out everything up to issues. Like issues is my absolutely like unpopular Absolutely. opinion, but issues is my <laughs> issues is my favorite corn album. They usually just get hey. stuck in the teeth. <laughs> and then Brendan makes I, that joke every time. So <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Um I it, it's funny that you say that. I um um I I guess so I'll kind of extrapolate on why I was uh jamming new metal riffs on my guitar in november um so kind of what led up to it was last late last summer uh you know that woodstock uh, uh 99 documentary that came yes. out yes yeah so crazy. i watched that Trash people. and it was insane and i was just like i mean i was uh, i was basically i was 12 when when woodstock 99 happened so i couldn't have even gone to it but you know i wanted to or like you know in my, as a kid in my head i was like oh i'd love to see corn and you know a bunch of bunch of the bands mm-hmm. um so watching that documentary i was like wow this is like i wish i could have gone but it's funny to like just see this and it sort of kick-started like me revisiting corn and li- li- listening to their whole discography and like nice. one or, well a couple of days um and I, I felt the same as you were like you know i really love up to issues and i i still like um some moments on untouchables Me too. Um, going back to it um it was kind of a grower like revisiting it um yeah. but i yeah absolutely love um the first like yeah four albums um so so that sort of planted seed in the back of my mind kind of led me to the <laughs> this memorage project but That's for me cool. as well, like with them, like it goes up to issues is their best work. And then I thought their comeback album was that untitled one that they did with like the black and white weird art. Yeah, I did like that one. Yeah, I thought good. it was I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was very different. Like it's a very like it was. Much, it was like a softer direction for them, I guess. But like uh, the way right. I think I, the thing I appreciate about corn is that they've always done their own thing. They've never like That's uh, true. felt constrained or like boxed in and they don't really care what people think like they even you can say what you want about them but they've artistically yeah. done whatever they want to with every album and that's amazing like you you can't say that about a lot of like bands especially of their um notoriety like i mean they're yeah. huge you know they're the biggest new metal band ever um yeah yeah and back to the uh the topic we were discussing which is the woodstock um yeah <laughs> do you think that fred durst or Red Hot Chili Peppers were the real villains of that <laughs> those events that went down. Ooh, that's funny. Um, you know what? I actually am gonna say Red Hot Chili Peppers were the villains. Were I think the, so yeah. too. They, I, I think yeah. they caused it. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, they, they didn't cause it. But they were say, the catalyst. Yeah, the catalyst. And you could say that like Limp Bizkit possibly added a little bit to the fire, but but i agree yeah i think the chili peppers were the catalyst of it because the, the cause was like shitty corporate greed that uh right caused right. them to make a ton of terrible decisions that ultimately like hurt a lot of people um, yeah completely completely and like the whole thing with saying that there was like a secret act and then not having one was just insane like i don't know what they thought was going to happen Ooh. yeah 
<laughs> I mean, that would cause any kind of outrage, like no matter what kind of festival what it is. Right. But especially like it's like a match into a powder keg with all the days of heat and like terrible facilities, price gouging. Yeah. And like the, the shocking, most shocking part of that was at the end when they were talking about how many people were sexually assaulted. And oh that, dude, gosh, yeah. that dude was like, oh, it's not really that many when you see how many people attended. I'm like, right yeah like that's statistically that it's not a lot of rape you're like what the fuck yeah right like how can you quantify that like that yeah it's like Like, people it's like people had died it's like well only three people died i'm like it's it's Uh, someone still yeah yeah, people still died like shut up shut up stop (laughs) right because he was dead shortly after (laughs) that so (laughs) it's the universe um Um, Brendan, I know you always have a bunch of topics that you love to cover, so I'll hand it over to you for your uh, special questions. Yeah. Um, well, have you played any uh, live shows? Um, I so I have, um, but not with any of my current projects. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. Um, first band that I was playing live shows with, uh, what was kind of a sort of short-lived project i was in called they mostly come out at night um uh, definitely a reference to aliens um yeah and that that was like a kind of post-rock post-metal sludge outfit um we i think it started in 2008 if i remember correctly and we were only around one year um at that time we played i think it was three shows one of those shows we opened for minks um and then we kind of we kind of got our separate ways and then we reformed in 2016 briefly yeah. uh, for like a year and a half ish and we put out uh an ep in a uh i guess uh full length and we did play a couple shows during that iteration of the band as well and then we, we called it quits who knows we we could reform a third time um possibility is always there and then yeah. i did also play bass I, I played bass in that band and then i played bass um for uh, briefly for about a year and a half for the band wild speaker um and that was in 2016 to 2017 nice nice um where uh what were your like your favorite places um to go see live music as a fan Oh, great question. Um, I would say there's this uh, venue uh, in this town called Denton, um, kind of a college town, um, very like DIY ethos. Uh, a lot of, well, I don't know about now, but a lot of people kind of considered it sort of like the Austin of North Central Texas, um, but not as snobby. Uh, it's just like really cool, a lot of creative musicians there and a lot of cool shows come through there and the venues there are always really cool um that that i've been to uh especially this one called rubber gloves um not a super huge venue but it's a it's a great one um so that's that's probably my favorite place that i've gone to for shows and then like maybe like a bigger venue uh that i've loved always loved is called granada theater and that's like in the center of dallas and that one's like kind of a more for bigger shows nice any uh did you get to see any uh, i think cool last year yeah um let's see actually at 
uh, at Granada Theater, I got to see um, uh, uh, Street Sex opening with uh, uh, opening for Perturbator and Health. Uh, that was actually the only show I got to see. Uh, no, actually, I'm lying. I did also get to see uh, MS Paint um, last year. I think it was in November, if I remember right. Um, they're really cool, like that synth punk kind of band. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, have you been to, I was looking up places in Dallas and then, um, uh, the Bishop cider, um, Oh yeah. Um, It sounds pretty cool. At least I don't know if it's really cool or not, but it's got like 120 games and like shit ton of beers on tap. Yes. Uh, that place. I, so I haven't been in there yet, but I knew someone or know someone who used to work there. Uh, I've been meaning to check it out because it, it it does sound pretty cool, and I've heard tons of great things about it. Um, yeah, kind of on kind of on my list for for things to check out for sure. This it's only about a half hour away from me. Nice, yeah, no, that's great. And then um, you know, obviously, you know, Texas is barbecue central. Um, right. Are you bar- a barbecue fan, or like, where, where are we where are we going to eat? Oh man, a great question. Um. So let's see. So, so yes, I do love barbecue. Um, well, there is a caveat. I, I am vegan, but I, there is some really good like vegan barbecue stuff that, uh, that a couple places here make. There's this yeah. one place um, called El Palote Panaderia. And they're like, man, it's crazy. They're, they're authentic Mexican food, but it's all vegan. But they have Ooh. this insane... Uh, they have a few really, really good menu items, but this one that's uh, like a barbecue sandwich and it's so simple. Like it's, um, I don't remember exactly what they use for like the meat, meat replacement. It might be soy. I- I'm pretty sure it is, but they like cook it for like 24 hours and like, like marinated and it's like completely, um, you know, submerged in barbecue and the sandwiches. Uh, like a bunch of layers of that some pickles and then like you know a toasted bun and it's so simple but so good and saucy yeah that yeah. sounds good nice and then um I, as far as uh you know you worked with like a thousand and under million people um yeah have you worked with uh anyone um like who would you want to work with that you haven't worked with yet oh mm um let's see i would have to say well okay so i i i did reach out to him uh christopher christopher rig of olver um who are my favorite band um i i would love to work with him in in any any kind of capacity like if he were able to do like guest vocals for like gone major or or anything of mine um yeah he'd probably be at the top of my list um trying to think who else um kind of a pie in the sky but like tanji warrior would be amazing as well (laughs) um just yeah i mean who wouldn't (laughs) want to work with him i think that'd be just like one of the most fun things to do um and then also kind of on the flip side uh maybe like kurt baloo like converge you know like he's uh, he's kind of been an idol of mine in terms of like, I mean, not just like guitarist and songwriter, but also audio yeah. engineer. Like I, I religiously listened to a lot of his product, like things he's produced and engineered over, you know, however, however long he's been doing it, um, decade, decades plus. Um, but I think right. it'd be 
really, really cool to collaborate with him um, in any capacity. Yeah. So I guess like those kind of, those are kind of like my top three with, um, that I can think of. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know. James, you know what I mean? Think, yeah, I got um, a couple. I have a few on Dusk. Saving them, saving them yeah. till the end. Um, nice. So yeah. what are some local bands from your area that people should be aware of? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great question. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of bring them up again. Wild Speaker. I w- uh, even though I wasn't, I'm not in the band anymore, but I was, you know, for, for about a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I ha- heavily recommend them. Really cool, like kind of blackened crust hardcore outfit a um, little bit of grind uh thrown into the mix a little bit um, nice. that was loudspeaker you said oh uh, what wild speaker oh wild speaker. All, all yeah all one word um actually it's funny they got their name from a magic the gathering character <laughs> <laughs> um nice. so yeah wild, wild speaker is awesome um another band uh although Actually, I think they did call it quits, unfortunately, but they're called Mouth Breather. Um, Ma- I think the way they spelled it, though, was like Mouth X Breather, um, at least the last time that I saw them, like, kind of making shirts and stuff. But they were really cool, like, grindy power violence um, nice. type band. Um, and I recorded their last, uh, I-, I guess it is their, yeah, their last piece of music. Um, so, like, those two. And then... Um, Oh, there's a sweet, like, kind of grindy band as well called Imperial Slaughter. Um, they're awesome. Um, kind of lean, leaning sort of into the death, death metal, death grind sort of hybrid. Um, and then similarly, this band called Cognizant. And they're insanely good, insanely tight musicians, probably some of the best I've ever seen. Um, they have um, Brian Fajardo on drums from uh, Gridlink and Noisier. Um just he's probably my favorite drummer ever and his work in cognizant um should not be you know overlooked um really good kind of kind of grindy technical grind sort of death metal band awesome i like i'm looking all these up as you say them because i'm going to listen to them later so Um, nice okay yeah okay and then i guess uh, the question i have is like uh who would you say are sort of your biggest musical influences oh okay um I'll kind of repeat that Olver is maybe my biggest musical influence um, throughout mm-hmm. all of their changes. Um, I guess you can say they're the the biggest influence and big, perhaps the biggest impression on me because I think they've, they've been my favorite band for almost 20 years now. And it's sort of uh, their, you know, metamorphosis of styles heavily influenced me as like a teenager going into my 20s and in my 30s where i i loved that approach of changing changing up styles so they're i would say they're at the top um other influences um i would say um the band the appleseed cast uh they kind of influenced me with uh, like sort of my indie and like kind of post rock and like clean guitar side of um of how i write uh, music uh, whenever that kind of style pops up um and then like see who else who would i'd name as like huge influence godflesh godflesh is a big one um anything anything justin broderick um but especially especially godflesh um and then um trying to think of kind of like a a four so i can have like a big four of influences um maybe let's see so okay so this band only had like 
two releases, but they're extremely influential on me. Uh, Gregor Samsa. Um, they were like a kind of slow core post rock band, um, but 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 they had, you know, like a really good use of vocals. Um, and then, you know, normally post rock is mostly instrumental, but they mm -hmm. somehow they just like really implemented vocals in a very uh, impactful way. So that, that kind of carried with me like for years and years. Um, their first album, 5512, is like one of my favorite albums ever. Um, okay. So I would say like they they're a pretty big influence as well. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Very varied. Yeah. Hey. Thanks. Yeah. And I have one final question. This is something I thought of last week that I wanted to start asking people every episode. But I had, I okay. got, you're, you're the first person I'm going to ask it to. Ooh, if, okay. if there was a zombie apocalypse and you were stuck with one metal band uh, as your part, like survival party, who would it be? Oh, wow. That's a fun, fun. That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Let's see. Damn, dude. <laughs> mm. That's got me kind of jogging through various uh, scenarios and like what I what I perceive of different bands. Um, yeah, it's all based on perception, obviously, because <laughs> you, you don't know how skilled they yeah. are in survival. But <laughs> right, that's funny. You right, yeah, you could kind of think and, and guess or like assume like this is what they would do, or you know what would they do? Uh -huh. um, hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a funny one actually. It's it sort of sort of hinged upon uh, the vocal or the front guitarist slash you know front man. Uh, but we'll say Soulfly, Ma like Max Cavalera. Okay, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 stick with that as my pick. I'll I like be it. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that kind of uh, brings us to time. So. I I want to say thank you, obviously, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate yeah. you taking the time. And knowing how many projects you have and how many albums you put out, we'd love to have you on again in the future to talk about some of the, the, the newer releases that you've uh, put out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that 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 would be awesome. I'm uh yeah, I'm always always uh available and and more than happy to 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 chat with you guys. It was it was a blast. For sure. And where can people follow you on socials? Okay, yeah. Um, so I guess like We'll, we'll kind of start with Instagram. You can you can find me um, a, a, in terms like music wise. I post everything on uh, Gone Mage, um, all one word, Gone Mage, and then same handle on Twitter as Gone Mage. Um, actually, really, those are the two kind of socials that I that I use. I I sometimes use Facebook, but I don't really like I don't really post that much on there. So it's it's mainly Instagram and Twitter uh, as Gone Mage. And Bandcamp's the best place for uh, music, listening-wise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the best place. Yeah. Great. We, we always think so, but some artists prefer other places. But uh, mm. awesome. Yeah. Th thank you so much for coming on. And uh, everyone who's been listening, thanks for tuning in. And stay tuned next week. We'll have another guest. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Cheers. <laughs>